0: This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment.
1: Hello, college football fans, and welcome to the Prime Time Podcast. My name is Ricky Whitmer, and as always, I'm joined by Brandon Swanson. Hey, hey, hey! And uh, I gotta say it again. I'm sorry, Big Twelve fans. Yet again, we uh, we save the best for last. So next week we'll have our uh, Big 12 football preview.
0: Unless we can figure out something else to talk about. The MAC. Then.
1: We could talk about the MAC or the FCS. But no, no. We will get to the Big 12 next week. I promise you. Today, though, the Pac-12. And to me, Brandon, you were super excited last week to talk about the SEC. I'm super excited to talk about the Pac-12. Because to me, this is going to be the most
0: competitive... Eh,
1: most competitive conference in college football. I'm going to go ahead and say it. There you go.
0: I'm going to go ahead and say it. You're wrong. You
1: think the SEC is going to be more competitive than this? It's always the you It's
0: always the most competitive. Big Ten's about a year away from being right up there. But the SEC is the most competitive conference in college football right now. I'd like to see people argue with me about that.
1: See, and the reason why, I mean, let's put it this way. Last year, if we just look at last year's standings in the Pac-12, It wasn't really a race between Oregon and second place Stanford, who Oregon went eight and one in the conference. Stanford was five and four. So Mariota and the Ducks kind of ran away with the North. However, you look at the South, there were three teams that were six and three right behind that number one team in Arizona. And here's the thing I think about, because these are the big storylines coming into this conference. Number one, The Ducks, we're going to get to them first. How are they going to do with new transfer of Vernon Adams, fifth-year transfer from Eastern Washington? Can Washington do better in Coach Peterson's second year? You have Stanford. This has been the team that hasn't really been that dominant team since Andrew Luck. Then if you go over to the South, can Rich Rod continue success in Arizona? Is Arizona State a football team? UCLA Jim Mora, show me what you're working with, and the Trojans. Some people think the Trojans are back to uh, back to the top this year in uh, Steve Sarkeesian's. So I want to say it's his second year also with the Trojans, but we're going to get to all these teams. Let's start with the Ducks, though. The big story: Mariota gone, new quarterback Vernon Adams, fifth year transfer.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, it's it's hard to replace a guy like like Marcus Mariota, because of just the skill set that he had. It wasn't just through the air. It was with his feet on the ground. I mean, he was able to do some amazing things. He carried the ball 135 times last year, 770 yards and 15 touchdowns just on the ground. Mm -hmm. He had 42 touchdowns through the air with four interceptions. To have anyone else come in and put up that type of production, that efficiency... That ratio, touchdown to interception ratio, that's amazing. Not too many other people could come in and do that. I don't know if anyone could come in and do that. You probably only get a couple of people around the league who do something like that. And I don't know if another one's coming to Oregon this year.
1: Well, I kind of disagree with you. I think that Adams is going to be, to me it kind of looks like, I'm looking at what Vernon Adams was able to do last season. And by looking at his stats through the air last season, he threw for 3,483 yards, only eight interceptions compared to 35 touchdowns. And then he also averaged nine yards per pass, over 300 a game. He had an efficiency of 169. And that was even less than his, his uh, 2013 season, where he was just six yards short. Of 5,000 passing yards.
0: Marcus Mariota is a great quarterback. I, I think he's going to be a really good one in the NFL. And I believe he'll be better than Jameis Winston when it's all said and done. Uh, but moving away from Marcus it's Mariota, the, because you, you you have to move away from him now at this point. But you with Oregon, on though, the- I'm going to
1: cut you off. With Oregon, it's the system, not the quarterback. It's the system that makes it work. And it doesn't matter who the head coach is. doesn't matter if it's Chip Kelly it's Mark Helfrich, if it's the next guy after Helfrich decides to move on. The system is what makes Oregon so good.
0: Ricky, that's, that's what makes every team good, is their system. You could say that about every football team. In college, in the NFL, that's, that's just kind of how sports are.
1: And like how you said that, eh, I don't know how you're going to get past Mariota. Chip Kelly, he kind of started this, so we're going to start with the 2009 season as a reference. After that first season where you had Masoli, people are like, "Well, how do we get? How do we replace him?" In comes Darren Thomas. Where if you're an NFL guy, you're basically sitting there going, "Who doesn't matter? He did some good things for Oregon." Those two seasons, everyone's like, 11 to twelve. How? how are we going to replace Thomas?" In comes Marcus Mariota, the redshirt freshman. So, to me, with Oregon, it's just a matter of next man up. And if they can play in the system, they do good. And the Oregon system is so sound tight. And they have the just how you basically how you run that system down pat to where, I mean, it just works.
0: Well, that's how it is for a lot of guys, though. I mean, certain guys thrive. In certain systems. Some guys thrive more in a West Coast style offense. Well, Where other guys. They go into a West Coast style offense. And it's just it's not their thing. That's mm-hmm. not what they're meant for. Um, but I think that. Anyone who comes into any. It's always next man up. Always next man up. It's got to be. When, when you lose a great player. Like a Marcus Mariota. Like anybody that we've seen go through. Any of these college programs. And you're like oh my gosh. They're going to be great NFL players. What are we going to do now? Well, you're just going to look on your bench and say, hey, who's going to have to step up? Because someone does. If you don't step up, then you go down the tubes and you end up at the bottom of the conference. You don't want to do that. So you make sure that you're ready. You make sure that you're stacked afterwards, after those players move on. But I think that we need to move on from Marcus Mariota because he has gone. And I think that one guy who's going to be a big force this year for Oregon and who they will lean on is going to be Royce Freeman, the the uh, sophomore running back.
1: And You say that and you just think of, I just think of former Kenyon Barner. How good was he? DeAnthony Thomas, I know he was more of a wide receiver in the NFL, but he was kind of a running back, kind of, LaMichael James, another one. All these great rushers in this Oregon Duck offense. And to me, this is exactly why Oregon is going to win the North yet again. The only guy they have to worry about is Vernon Adams coming in and running their system. They got Freeman, who to me could be the best running back in the Pac-12 this season. Wide receivers just need to catch the ball. And on defense, they're returning a lot of key players. They're linebackers headed by senior Rodney Hardrick. You also have defensive end DeForest Buckner, who opted to return for his senior season. So to me, it's really like, Oregon's at the top, what's Stanford, and what is Washington going to do to get better? I don't know.
0: Yeah, and I think that you kind of take a look at this team, uh, offensively and defensively, they're sound. They're still a sound team. Yeah, you have a little question at the quarterback, of course, because Mariota Mm leaves and you're going, well, you're going to have another Mariota? Probably not. Are you going to have someone who's viable? Probably. That's all you need. I mean, this team is going to be good still, and they're still going to be an absolute force to be reckoned with there at the top of the conference, but I'm going to be interested to see how the year plays out for Oregon. Are they still going to be the powerhouse that they were last year that they have been, or Mm -hmm. is there going to be another team that's able to come up and overtake them because they're just a little bit better in a few different departments? You know, it has uh, yet to be seen, and I'm pretty excited for it.
1: Well, and kind of keeping it in the North, one team I kind of want to move to that, Oregon's going to have to beat, and I think I think they can coming into the season are the Washington Huskies. You have Coach Peterson in his second year since coming to Washington from Boise State, and to me, I feel like this team defensively, what are you going to do to get better? Because I just think Shaq Thompson's no longer there, the big-time linebacker they had. Danny Shelton is no longer on that defensive line, and if you're taking steps back at defense, how are you going to go up against this Oregon offense? How how are you going to do it, Brandon? Uh,
0: well, I don't I don't know. I don't know if you're going to be able to. I mean, they're they're a pretty big powerhouse offense. Uh, my bigger question for Washington is quarterback. Who do they have at quarterback? Who do they have coming in? And that's 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 the question mark for me.
1: Well, right now they have. Peterson's going to have to choose this offseason who he wants at quarterback because you have redshirt freshman KJ Carter Samuels and then true freshman Jake Browning, both pocket passer guys. And to me, we're talking about Oregon, who we just talked about a few seconds ago. I'd rather be in their shoes because if I have a new quarterback coming in, I'd rather him be a fifth year transfer than a redshirt freshman who didn't play last season or a true freshman who's never played college football in his life. So Washington on offense is going to hit. I mean, yes, that we, we talked running back with Oregon. Dwayne Washington is still there. You have the running back in place for the Huskies. However, who are you going with? Would you go with the true freshman or the redshirt freshman?
0: I'm going with the true freshman.
1: Really, over the red shirt because the red shirt freshman he's been with the team. He just didn't play last season. He got red shirted. Going with
0: you're going, true, with, the going, going with the guy coming in freshman. right out of
1: high school, right out of high school has never played a college game before in his life.
0: I want to see what he's got. I want to see what he's got. Honestly, to me, this team ain't going to do much this year. Uh, I mean, look at them; they're not that good. And and I'm saying that I'm saying that right here. I just I don't. There's nothing that's that's really popping out to me that says. Washington's going to do it this year. I, they've got they've I don't got know. a powerhouse. I, I don't think so.
1: I think last year was a, a better chance because that defense was so much improved than it is this year. And the one point I'm going to make about the quarterbacks, and I'm going to quote um, Athlon Sports in their Huskies preview and prediction for this year, when it comes to Carter Samuels or Browning, Samuels only has the edge because, and I quote, He's been in the program longer and is more physically developed. If Jake can come in, I'm going to call him Jake the Snake Browner, kind of like Jake the Snake Palmer. If he can come in and bulk up a little bit and show, hey, I'm ready to play, go ahead and play him. But either way, Coach Peterson's thinking, I hope I can find a quarterback that I can kind of ride for three or four years.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that's what he's hoping. I, mean, I don't I, think
1: it's gonna happen though. It's and it may be, if it does happen, it may be a really rocky start in year one, which would be twenty fifteen.
0: Here's something that, that I'm looking at. Jaden Mickens, receiver, mm-hmm. had sixty receptions last year. Next most on the team, Joshua Perkins with twenty five. I mean, that's just the gap there is tremendous more guys have to get involved on the receiving side of the football. That's just uh, otherwise if you just have one guy, one guy, one guy, that's not going to do it. You need to have options.
1: This isn't going to be I mean, I said at the beginning of the podcast, this was a four and five Pac-12 team. They uh, may not win as many games in the Pac-12. I'm I'm seeing I wouldn't be surprised if they finished five wins overall this season just because of these two points. Your front seven needs to be completely rebuilt, new quarterback, and that new quarterback is not going to be the fifty year transfer like an Oregon is getting. It's going to be a freshman, either redshirt or true freshman. That's what you're getting, plain and simple.
0: Well, they've got a stretch of games from October 8th to October 24th that I don't think are going to go too well for Washington at USC, home versus Oregon, and at Stanford. I see those as possible three losses in a row.
1: Let's talk about Stanford. But continuing with our North theme before we get to the South, they're kind of in the middle, if we're talking quarterback-wise, between what Oregon has and what Washington has. Because, like we said, Oregon, fifty year transfer. Washington, freshman, either true or red shirt. Stanford's in the middle. They got Kevin Hogan, who's the veteran third-year starter who kind of hit a, eh, kind of a season in 2014. Wasn't the best, wasn't the worst.
0: No, I mean, I, I think throwing for 19 touchdowns, 8 interceptions over 2700 yards that's uh that's definitely formidable. I mean, he did a, a he did a fine job. I think you'd love him love to see his numbers go up a, a little bit more in uh 2014 uh, and but I think then you also look at the running back position Ramon Wright. 135 carries only only 601 yards but mm-hmm. 11 touchdowns. He's got to be able his yardage has got to go up. His average per carry has got to be able to go up up uh, i I think that uh you know you look at what he's what he's average he had four and a half yards a carry in 2014 that's down from 2013 he only had 20 carries in 2013 though but last year was the first year he really had the bulk of the carries he needs to get better in 2015.
1: can I ask you this question about the uh, Cardinal I'll let you last year was the first time under David Shaw that the Cardinal had less than 11 victories in a season. This is a two-part question. One, does that become a trend and you see another season of under 11 wins for the Cardinal? And two, is this going to keep being a trend and we say, hey, you know what? Maybe Shaw should have made the jump to the NFL when he had the chance. Because before last season, it was, hey, is Shaw going to go to the NFL? Is he going to go to the NFL? And how many times did we see him on pregames go, guys, guys, I'm staying with Stanford. I'm staying with Stanford. Let's focus on this bowl game. What do you think,
0: Brandon? And you're saying, do I think that? Do you think it's going to be a trend that they
1: don't get back to that eleven win like marquee that they used to be at? And do you think that trend continues to where we say, hey Shaw, you should have went to, the, you should have got out when you had the chance?
0: <laughs> I don't know about the you should have got out while you had the chance because some guys are meant to be college coaches. Some guys can do both. Some guys are meant to be NFL. Just like
1: some guys are meant to be coordinators like uh Eric Manginius.
0: Yeah. Terrible head coach, great defensive mind. I mean, honestly, you look at it there's there's a set spot for different guys. I I look at Stanford and I'm I'm a big guy on looking at the team, looking at the schedule. They're going to have a little bit of a tough time I think at the end of the year. So if they want to have 11 wins this year, Uh, They've got Oregon. The last three games are at home. Home versus Oregon, Cal, and Notre Dame. And I look at games in a span. Mm -hmm. Oregon and Notre Dame. Notre Dame, they could be a shit show. They could be really (laughs) good. I don't know how they will be. Oregon, I think, will be very good. So those three games, they could lose two out of three there at the end. Cal, eh. I think they'll beat Cal. But I don't know. I don't think that it will be a trend of winning 11 games each year. I don't think that's a trend, Ricky.
1: Do you think it, but is it going to be a trend that they stop that where they get like 8 wins, 9 wins the next season, 10 wins and they never get back to that consistent like 11 11 11?
0: I don't know. I could see them more being consistently 8 wins a year. Or 7 wins a year. Mhm. So they're not going So I, you're I, saying
1: they're not going to get back I'm to that trend? I,
0: I don't I don't necessarily know if they're going to be 11, 11, 10. 11. I don't know if that's going to be them. I, I right now I don't think so. Yeah. I have to see what they what they show me in the first couple of weeks of the season and and then we can go from there, but I I mean they they start off with Northwestern and that should be a win. Eh,
1: you never know. The Wildcats had a few games like even though the Wildcats are a terrible team, they should not even be a college team. You you know how I feel about uh about the dreaded Wildcats. You certainly do. They shouldn't even be a team, but you know what, they have the potential to, well, not the potential, they have that kind of arid, what's the word I'm looking for, that kind of way to them where even when they're a bad team, they win games they shouldn't. What was it, two years ago, or was it last year when they almost beat Ohio State? I think it was two years ago when they had that great game at Northwestern, they almost beat Ohio State, and then last year was a complete, like you said, shit show that I'm going to use for the Northwestern Wildcats. But for me, Stanford, their biggest game, and this could be kind of a uh, crossover into another team that we have yet to talk about in this podcast, Game 3 at Trojans, at USC. Because the Trojans are a team where they're on the rise. They're having Cody Kessler's back. He's kind of under the radar. No one's really expecting a lot. And I kind of feel like overall, this Trojan team, there's general public is like, yeah, you know what? The Trojans stink now. It's going to be a few years. But there's a few guys sitting there trying to be the smartest guy in the room, just thinking, you know what? They're going to surprise everyone. And I wouldn't be surprised that game against Stanford at Southern Cal on September 19th, they blow the Cardinal out. Blow them out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh Cody Kessler is is back. I mean, that's what that's what you said. That I think that's all you really needed to say. Uh I'm excited for him. This kid is good. I mean, 39 touchdowns yet last year to five interceptions. Over 3,800 yards. And I was talking about Marcus Mariota earlier mm-hmm. and his touchdown to interception ratio. And you go, don't get too many guys like that. Well, here's one of those guys. Cody Kessler is very good. They don't have Buck Allen anymore. Buck Allen had a great season last year.
1: However, they, I mean, th- this team running back wise, and I'm talking about the Trojans now, they may be a running back by committee type of team. Justin Davis is there. He's the slashing breakaway type. You have Trey Madden who likes to, and I'm quoting Athlon Sports again, likes to rumble between the tackles. And uh, they could kind of use those two. They also have a freshman in Ronald Jones who could work into the mix. So, I mean, this Trojan team may just say, Kessler, go do it. We'll we'll just put anybody behind you we can, and you're the guy. You run the show.
0: Another guy too. They no longer have uh, Nelson Aguilar uh, drafted in, by in the, the in the wide receiver core, who had over 1,300 yards and 12. He's touchdowns a great return man year. too. Yeah, great I mean man. they they lost two huge keys on their offense, but you still have Kessler. I'd say if Kessler was gone too, you're you're not going to be competing this year.
1: You're missing and. You may be missing this because we haven't gotten to that side of the ball yet, but I'm going to beat you to it. The the biggest loss for the Trojans coming into this season, the best defensive end in the country, Leonard Williams. Lose him to the NFL. Is that going to be a huge deal for the Trojans?
0: I mean, it is. I think every time that you you lose a big guy on defense, it it's tough. I, I I you see it you see it all the time because you got a big guy in there, you bring in his replacement. It's just not the same. It's not the same. And I think that defensively, it's harder to replace guys than it is offensively. I I, I mean, there are some guys who bring the biggest bruising hits. Mm-hmm he leaves it's not as bad but I think that they'll still be good I see USC being better than last year I'm excited for this team can I make a bold prediction you do is it it too
1: early in the podcast to make a bold I mean we're at the almost the 23 minute mark is it too is it too early for Ricky to make a bold prediction
0: absolutely not it would not have been too early in the opening
1: Trojans are going to win the Pac-12 South and play Oregon. Kind of jumped the gun a little bit. But I mean, this Trojan team, yeah, I know they have to replace Leonard Williams. They have to replace their leading tackler, uh, leading tackler, Hale Pollard. But they got the talent. They got guys who can step up and replace them. Not to the same caliber, but good enough to beat guys like Hogan at Stanford and beat the Whatever freshman is going to start in Washington or UCLA or Arizona, those are going to be the big games for them. Because I look at this, and I would not be surprised. I'm not going this far to say this for sure, but I would not be surprised if the only game they lose in the conference this season at Oregon and then get their revenge on the Pac-12 champ. Really? Wouldn't be surprised if it happened. I don't see it happening. I honestly, I see Oregon winning the whole kit and caboodle in the uh, Pac-12. But I'm the talking. Whole thing. I'm
0: talking about this. I'm talking about the South, though. You don't see them losing.
1: No. Their clo- Their two closest games will be Arizona State might put up a fight just because it's an Arizona State. Arizona won't win. That's a home game. UCLA. That's the closest South games. I mean, they're going to win all three of those games. Arizona, I don't think, is going to be as good as they were last season. I think that it's Oregon is just destined to win the North, and between the Trojans and UCLA, who's going to go to play them? Those are my two top runners for the South.
0: Well, USC has at least two losses.
1: You're going to have them lose in Notre Dame, no, of course, naturally. No,
0: I'm not. No, <laughs> You're I'm going not. to say
1: Arizona and uh, they're, Oregon. They're,
0: they're going to lose to Arizona State, at Arizona State, and they will lose at Oregon.
1: Well, Oregon, they're going to lose no matter what because it's at Oregon. And Oregon, I don't think the Trojans are back to that Pete Carroll kind of let's give Chip Kelly's Ducks a run for their money. And Duck fans, I know, Chip Kelly's no longer there. But that was Pete Carroll versus Chip Kelly. That's what it was. And I I, I wouldn't be surprised that they lost to Arizona State. To me, that would be the game to finally put Arizona State on the map in the minds of guys like me, which I, where I don't see Arizona State as that top quality team like Oregon, UCLA, um, USC, Arizona. I don't see them as that. I see them just below that right now.
0: Ricky, I'll tell you what, though. That Notre Dame game that could be a close one right now you know tickets are going are are going uh, are available from $320 or yeah. more and you know they may not have enough fans to be able to get them well, the win the
1: the only reason why tickets go that
0: $320, much $320 well, for Ricky. that Holy game
1: crap. the only reason why tickets go for that much is cuz you're not paying. if you're a Notre Dame fan you're not paying for Notre Dame to win that game you're paying just to witness a rivalry game that's what you're paying for because guess what the Irish are not going to win that game. I'll tell you this. The Irish are not going to be a good football team. They'll be a decent one. They'll be a bold team. But they're not going to be one that kind of just runs away with it and makes the college football playoff.
0: Ricky, you talked about them. You mentioned them. Now let's talk about them, Arizona. Okay. Okay. You're talking about a team that you don't think that is going to that's going to be as good this year. Give me some reasons why. Well, I'll I'll
1: say this first. Looking at kind of the overview of their offense, everything goes against me. Ricky, why would you say that you have sophomore quarterback um a Solomon coming back. He's the first holdover quarterback for Arizona since Nick Foles 2010-2011. Then you also have... And how's he doing? eh, You have sophomore tailback Nick Wilson returning. You have Caleb Jones, the wide receiver, returning. But here's the key. We talked about it, especially with the Trojans. That defense, yeah, they lost their top two best defensive end and leading tackler, but they have guys who can step up. Arizona's losing two guys, three-year starters on the offensive line and Mickey Barkas and Fabian Ebel. And or ebele I'm sorry. And to me, that's you lose two big guys, two starters on that offensive line. That's usually where team that then it comes into okay, Solomon, what can you do when you have a few less seconds? What can you do? Can you make those throws where you're getting hit, you're taking a hit? but he's still going to make the throw.
0: This is what he'll do, Ricky. He'll run 137 times for 291 yards and two touchdowns. That's what that's what he'll do. He'll, so he can he he may be asked to scramble a little bit more. Something that he's already proven he can do if need be. Ricky, you're wrong on this one, man. I'm telling you. Arizona is going to be as good as they were last year, maybe better. And they, they're, I mean, they're going to beat USC when they're USC not, plays and Yes, they are. They're not. I, I held out until we talked about Arizona to say that, but Arizona is going to whoop them.
1: Well, let me put this way: I'm not saying Arizona is going to be like a six and six team, but I do believe they will lose to the Trojans. And the way I kind of see it going down is Arizona may be, okay, we're good, we're good, and then that's the only game they lose is against the Trojans. Because I mean. For them, looking at their schedule, besides UCLA, their third game of the season, and USC on November 7th, they can beat Stanford. They can beat Oregon State. They can beat Colorado, Washington State, Washington. They can beat Utah. I believe they could beat Arizona State. However, and this is yet again. The three teams I have as in contention for the South. Arizona, UCLA, USC. This is how I see it going down. Trojans and Wildcats will both beat the Bruins. Sorry, UCLA. Then you'll have Arizona State. I think Arizona can beat them. I think the Trojans, in a close game, field goal difference... Trojans can beat Arizona State. It all depends on what happens, Ricky, on November seventh, and it's it's at Southern Cal. This it's on the road for the Wildcats.
0: This Arizona team goes nine zero to start the season, and they lose to
1: Arizona State. Is that what you're saying?
0: No, I'm not saying that this team could have a perfect season this year. So you think they're going to go twelve and zero? I'm not saying that. I'm and saying, then saying that they, lose
1: they could, to, and then lose to Oregon again in the. Uh, Pac-12, t- get like demolished by Oregon in the Pac-12 title game again?
0: Ricky, I'll be able to uh, give you my my thoughts when we get to that point in the show. I don't like to uh, jump the gun uh, too early. You know like what would be do.
1: actually very interesting hmm. if this happened? All right, let's USC, USC loses to Arizona State but beats Arizona. Arizona beats Arizona State. Three teams at the top of the South, one loss, and it's almost a three-way tie. How crazy would that be? Each one has one. It was like, well, Arizona beat the Trojans, but the Trojans beat the Wildcats, and the Wildcats beat the Sun Devils. Do you see that happening at least? I'm not saying it's going to happen because I think the Trojans are going to outright win the South. By a game,
0: you're crazy. By a game, you are crazy.
1: Said it yourself, Cody Kessler. Man, he's gonna he is going to come out. I'll say it right here. Heisman, he's not going to win it. Heisman
0: like season. Well, he's he, why wouldn't he? He'll be a Heisman I mean, finalist. I mean, why wouldn't he? If, he's he puts up, if, if, if he puts up the numbers anywhere close to what he did last year, if not better, which I would expect,
1: he's going to be a Heisman finalist at the end of the season. He should be. Let's put it that way.
0: But does he? I'm not saying Do, no. that
1: Arizona is just gonna completely fall off.
0: Does he win it though? Could he win it? i'm go I'm still, on, I'm he still could on win it,
1: but I'm not gonna say that he could win it. I'm just gonna say he's gonna be a I'm finalist. just
0: I'm also gonna go with uh, with on your uh, way of thinking. They could all lose to each other, <laughs> but they might
1: not. I don't I was just throwing out a. You know how I do. I like to, I know. I like to think of those situations and man it'd be cool if it happened, but it probably won't. But going back to it, I think November seventh, I think we could have a game where it's undefeated undefeated Arizona against undefeated USC. Who's gonna come out on top? That would be the prime time like and I love how that game at this moment is still TBA. Because I bet you they come in undefeated, and it's a primetime game. Primetime ESPN, and then... Which one's this? Which game? This is the Trojan-Arizona game on November 7th. Both are undefeated. Primetime on ESPN or primetime on the Pac-12 network. And they just... Oh, that'd be a great game to watch. I mean, it'd be a little bit late for us. That'd be like an 8 o'clock start time for us, because we're here in the Midwest. But, yeah. I'd watch it with you. Oh, it'd be a great so game to So I can then watch. rub it
0: in your face when it doesn't yeah, go the way I, you I think. I think
1: the Trojans are going to do... I'm just really high on the Trojans this year. I think they're going to be way better than last year. Arizona, I'm not saying it, they're just going to completely fall off. Like you said, they're returning their quarterback, returning this guy, that guy, left and right. However, to me, the big question mark is, what are you going to do with those two big offensive linemen? <laughs> That you're losing. How are replace you replace them? But to see that to me, I value offensive line help, and Solomon may have it. Where it's like, oh well, that didn't happen last year. Guess what? It didn't happen because you had a offensive line to protect you. What about Arizona State, though?
0: Arizona, State. tell me about them. Arizona State, I think that uh, they're going to be another pretty strong team. Uh, they'll return D.J. Foster. They're losing Jalen Strong on the receiving side. And then uh, they're returning quarterback Mike Bercovici. Bercovici prob- uh pardon me. But uh, I don't know. I don't know about the, the quarterback situation because they lose Taylor Kelly as he graduates. That was at least some stability mm-hmm. with Kelly. Bercovici, question mark.
1: Can I throw one thing out there that I just noticed? Yeah. If we're looking yet again, I'm quoting Athlon Sports. That's where I'm getting this. Their prediction, guess where they have Arizona State finishing in the Pac-12 South? No, not three. They have them finishing two. Guess where they have Arizona finishing?
0: Okay, I'll guess three. Four. This is
1: how they have it. They think Arizona's going to be fourth in the South, UCLA three, Arizona State two, Trojans one.
0: No way. No way.
1: At least I'm not that, Brandon. I think with me, if I had to take those four teams, four is going to be UCLA, three will be Arizona State, two the Wildcats, one the Trojans. That's how I see it. I feel like you and me, the only thing we're switching are those top two teams. That's it.
0: Yeah, Arizona's going to be at the top, followed by the USC Trojans at two.
1: Well, let's get into it's getting to that time in the podcast where we usually do these with all of our previews. Brandon, how who wins the Pac-12 outright at the end, and are we going to see a college football playoff team from this conference?
0: Well, Ricky, you're making this pretty tough. Um, it's going to be very similar to last year it's going to be arizona in the south it's going to be oregon in the north however this year the town that arizona has is just really? going to over really? power really? oregon and arizona really? is going to win the pac12
1: are you high are you high right now brandon it sounds like
0: it. You make some really stupid predictions. Why don't you let me make let,
1: them? Let, uh, <laughs> Ooh, I see what you did there. But here's how it's going to go. I'm just going to say this Oregon's win in the Pac 12. There's no team in this entire conference that can touch them. No team. The North, <laughs> laughable. The South has a better chance than the North. However, the way I see it, Whoever comes out of the South, USC, Arizona State, Arizona, UCLA, it's basically who wants to lose to the Ducks in the title game. My loser is going to be the Trojans. They're going to go in to Pasadena. They'll lose to the Ducks. They'll have a nice bowl game. Ducks will go on to the college football playoff. However, I will say this. No matter the winner from this conference, Oregon, Arizona, UCLA, USC, Arizona. We will have a college football playoff team from the Pac-12, no matter who wins it. Pac-12 will be represented in the playoff system. You're looking at me giving me a smirk, Brandon. Got to open your mouth. Not
0: this year. So you you
1: think Arizona's going to win it but miss the playoff? Because let me guess, you got two SEC teams. Two SEC teams. You get the loser in the SEC title game going to the going to the playoffs. I don't. Is that what you're thinking? The
0: Raiders will though.
1: I I don't know. I feel like the because we're in the committee now. We're out of Raiders. It's all about this committee. I think when it's all said and, this year, and you know what, I'm going to leave it because we got to talk about the pick or the uh, Big Twelve first. So I'm going to leave it for next week. What I was going to say. Stay tuned for next week's podcast to hear that.
0: I really hate when you tease Ricky. Honestly, it kills me. I really, really don't like it.
1: Well, you know what? I love to do it. And hey, just means you guys got to tune into the Big 12 preview next week. But that's going to do it for our Pac-12 preview for college football heading into the 2015 season. Thank you guys for checking out the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Ricky Widmer. Brandon is at young underscore swan 19. I, I always want to say 12, but it's 19 most valuable podcast is at most valuable pod. If you like the podcast, go ahead, hit that like button. If you loved it, hit the subscribe button. Thank you guys again for checking out this podcast. Make sure to check out the link down below to the most valuable podcast, fantasy football league. Take on the minds of me, Brandon, Mark, as we do another Fantasy Football League, and the NFL for 2015. Thank you guys for checking out this podcast. And as always, have a good day, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.